0: I'm Paige Ann Miller from the Western North Carolina Conference. Many years ago, my sister Sarah McDonnell invited me to worship with her at Mount Olivet. I love the sanctuary and the music and the people. And when she invited me again during the pandemic to join your online worship, I got hooked. It doesn't matter where I worship now. I always come back to Mount Olivet for your online worship. So thank you for the blessings that you are sharing with so many in the name of God. I wanna thank the pastoral team for letting me bring the word today. During Lent, we're talking about what it means to be gathered in Jesus, how important it is to be gathered in Jesus. And I don't think there is a more beautiful image in all of scripture than the one we find here with chicks being gathered in under the protective wing of a mother hen. I love this image. It reminds me of when I was a little girl and I used to crawl into my grandmother's lap at the end of the day for story time. She had this huge children, it seemed huge to me, children's Bible with illustrations and I would get under one arm, my sister would get under the other and she would wrap her arms around us and open up that Bible and tell us the stories of Adam and Eve, of Moses, of David and Goliath, of Jesus saying, let the little children come to me. And in her arms, we were safe and warm and it was just like the whole world just fell away in that moment, nothing could touch us there. Do you remember being that small? What happened? When did we get too big to snuggle in for story time? And what in the world does this have to do with today's scripture? Well, I'll give it to you. Today's text is not a very cuddly text. And at first glance, it might even seem a little bit disjointed. There's a lot going on here. You have some Pharisees showing up to warn Jesus that Herod wants to kill him. You have Jesus sending back a message to Herod with a a side of shade. And um, you have a sad pronouncement over Jerusalem. We're not used to seeing Jesus like this. He seems irritated and sad, and we like the happy Jesus from the Illustrated Children's Bible. But this is Lent, and it's time for us to travel with Jesus through the wilderness and to the cross. And it's not all going to be happy. In last week's text, we heard the story of the temptation when Satan tried to sidetrack Jesus by offering him shortcuts. And as we well know, Jesus decided to take the long road instead. At this point in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is traveling and teaching in Galilee. He is healing the sick. He is giving sight to the blind. He is giving hope to the hopeless. But not everyone's a fan of his message, even though he's got a lot of followers. The Pharisees are super religious and they don't much care for messages like the last shall be first and the first will be last. See, they worked hard to get to first in the line. They work hard to be close to God. They are holy like being holy is their job. And who is this Jesus, speaking of shortcuts, to be telling people that they can just cut the line? People who don't even seem to be working for it. Now, knowing what we know now about the, Her- the Pharisees' general opinion of Jesus, it might even seem strange that some of them would come to him at all to warn him that Herod wants to kill him. Jesus responds to their warning, and we get to listen in. First, he says in a nutshell, you can tell that old fox that I'm going to keep on doing what I came here to do until I get the job done, which, by the way, will be on the third day had to have sounded strangely specific and very confusing to them but we with hindsight as Easter people know exactly what Jesus meant by getting the job done on the third day they want him to leave and he says he will go in fact he says I must go not because they warned him not because Herod is after him not to escape death no he must do this because he is about doing the will of God this word, must, is a word I was cautioned against using as a young preacher. I was told people don't like to hear the word must. You must be patient. You must be loving. You must obey. Use the word should instead. It's, it's easier to digest, easier on the ear. But in Luke, Jesus employs this word must a handful of times. The first time he says it, Jesus is in the temple at 12 years old, and he says to his mother, didn't you know I must be in my father's house? The second time he says it, he says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. The third time he says it, he says, I must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Doesn't get any plainer than that. This is the fourth time in Luke's gospel that he uses the word must. And here he says, I must press on. Fox or no fox, it's happening. Nothing in this world is going to stop it. He has set his eyes and his heart on Jerusalem and on the cross. The next words out of Jesus's mouth might be some of the saddest words in all of scripture. You can feel the weight of them as he looks at these Pharisees who want to be so close to God that are keeping God at arm's length, as he who is the word of God, who spoke creation into being, looks back and sees and feels every rejection of God's love from the beginning of time, he says, How often I have longed to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and yet you were not willing. What must the Pharisees have thought hearing those words? And speaking of the Pharisees, there's one more thing that ought to be bothering us about this story. See, Jesus gives the Pharisees a message to take back to Herod. But if there's anyone the Pharisees disliked more than Jesus, it has to have been Herod. Because Herod was the opposite of holy. He was Jewish in name only. He was powerful and well-connected and just generally an awful human being why would people who claimed to be doing their best to be holy be cuddling up to an old fox like herod but jesus knew better than they did how reliant they had become on the social and religious order on the status quo he knew the power they enjoyed and he knew the lengths they would go to to keep it he sent them back to their puppet master with a message And maybe, just maybe in that time when he is speaking these words to them, they realize who's pulling their strings. One can only hope. See, Jesus always hears what is not said. He sees what is hidden away in the heart. He knows exactly who is pulling our strings. He knows where we're going for comfort, for protection, for hope. And I think we ought to heed the same warning the Pharisees should have heard that day, little one. Don't trust a fox. Oh, maybe we don't have obvious Herods in our lives competing for our trust. But at some point, I'm betting doubt has crept in for you. Maybe we felt like we outgrew that faith we had as a child. That God would take care of everything we need. Give us all that we need. We grew older. We grew wiser. We learned how the world works, right? And we started working Hard, earning our keep, building our little kingdoms around us, placing our trust in people who, let's be honest, often let us down and and building our treasures and things that rot, rot and rust and evaporate in electronic ether. We look for comfort in things we can consume, protection in things that make us feel powerful. And that tendency that we have to put our trust where it doesn't belong, it is sneaky. The old fox is sly and dangerous because every time we do that, it draws us a little further and further away from Jesus. But Jesus says to the scattered, you tell that old fox you've been leaning on not to mess with a mama. There is nothing on earth that would have stopped Jesus from doing what he was called to do and becoming who God called him to become. And that same truth holds true for us if we are just willing to let him gather us in under the shelter of his wing. You know, I can't remember the last time I sat in my grandmother's lap for story time. I just know that at some point I felt like I was too big. Maybe it was when I learned to read on my own. Maybe it was when I learned to like talking more than I like to listen. This Lenten season, it's my hope that we will remember what it's like to be held to be small, to be safe and protected. As we tell that old fox to get lost and we gather near to the one who gave his life to find us, he is longing for every single one of us. The ones with the questions, the ones who think they have all the answers, from the enemies of the faith to the most dedicated disciples. When Jesus stretched out his arms on that cross, he stretched them wide enough to hold all of us in. And he had his heart set on you. Jesus said he must press on and be about God's work. And that work, well, it was all about gathering us in. So now the question is this. What must we do? Well, for starters, we must. There's that word. We must admit that we're not too big to run to Jesus to take him at his word we we fit just right gathered in the shelter of his wing the truth isn't fun to admit but we can't do this on our own we need Jesus and he longs for us this lent be aware of every fox in your life that's trying to steal your trust commit every single day to trust in God alone and above all Maybe it seems like a long time since you felt like you've had the faith of a child, but I hate to tell you, that's exactly what it's going to take. You're going to have to trust completely in God's presence, in his goodness, in his provision, in his protection. Maybe you feel like a kid who moved away and isn't even sure they have a place at home anymore. Jesus' brother James wrote, If you just draw near to God, God will draw near to you, and that is a promise. Jesus pressed on so he could gather us in. He sees you and he calls you by name. Will you run to him? Will you let him enfold you in his embrace? Amen.